In the ring with Eusebius Makaiser. So this is going to be a very short entry of In the Ring with Eusebius Makaiser. I'm actually in the car on my way to a quick meeting. I've already had two media interviews today about the Section 89 Independent Panel's report on the Palapala matter. And if you have been living on another planet as a South African, or if you want to myself, my listeners of this podcast who are not from the country, basically questions have been asked about President Cyril Ramaphosa and whether or not there should be full impeachment hearings. And as South African law goes, there has to be a preliminary investigation by a panel that had been put together by Parliament. And that panel has now delivered its findings. The backdrop to why this even came up is because there had been um, media stories in light of a former spy boss, Arthur Fraser, laying a complaint with the police that there was a bunch of money, many dollars, uh, US currency that had been found at a farm belonging to former, to the former, yeah, I'm speaking too soon, to current president, Sir Ramaphosa, and that there was a whole bunch of dodginess going on there in terms of various laws that had been flouted, him not declaring the fact that he does business privately in addition to being the country's president. That's actually not allowed. That would be a serious um, for misconduct on his part. Then there, of course, is the question of exchange controls. If you did make money from the sale of buffaloes at your farm, why did you not go and deposit that money one day later, which is what the law requires? Does the tax authorities in South Africa know that you earned this foreign currency? If not, why not? And um, why don't you go and lay a complaint with the police once you were made aware that this money that came from the proceeds of this sale, assuming it was a bona fide sale at all, um, why don't you go and lay a, a complaint, which again you are called upon to do. So that's the essential factual backdrop, and it raises the question of whether or not the president is guilty of these various allegations that came from one Arthur Fraser. Now, initially, people didn't take too much notice of it because Arthur Fraser, for those who are not South African, is a controversial character. Uh, in our in our landscape down under however lo and behold the most explosive political event happened yesterday because this panel had come to the conclusion that on the face of it the president has a case to answer and now parliament will have to decide whether to adopt the report and whether or not there will be the next step because it's a three-step process whether there will be a full impeachment committee um, a parliamentary committee that will further investigate these preliminary findings. So I want to do a couple of quick things for you because we're going to come back to this, you and I. Maybe we can have an Instagram Live conversation about it. There are way too many parts of the puzzle for a five-minute little check-in with you, but I hope this will enable you to at least sound half-informed over lunch or afternoon coffee at work or at home. Um, what are the limitations and what's important about this panel's outcome from a legal point of view. Look, the panel is not allowed to take oral testimony. It can't call witnesses. So it's unable to really in a completely rigorous way, like you might in a criminal trial, for example, 
be able to really test the veracity of every single document that had been placed before it by the interested parties, right? So that's one limitation that it has. But what what the the panel said was that despite this limitation from an, an inquisitorial point of view, we nevertheless can tell you on a basis of inherent probability, their language, plus what is placed before us, and interestingly, what is not placed before us, and crucially, for the first time, the president giving his version, because until now he's been mum, we can confidently come to some conclusions. And um, they said, for example, that it's not clear how the money came through the country. It is clear on the president's own version that um, he became aware of the theft on the 26th of December 2019, didn't report it to the SAPs, made his um, presidential unit that is in charge of his safety aware of it, General Ruder, um, and you had basically this guy who is in charge of the president's safety was then tasked to fly back to the country and to come and look what the hell is going on and to report back to the president. Um, in the details of that, they also liaised with authorities and policing in Namibia and asked them to be discreet about it. So here's the problem for our president. On his own version, there are massive questions to be answered here. We still don't know how this money came here. And in fact, there was quite strong language used as judicial language goes when Justice Ngobo says that he's got serious misgivings about the likelihood that this was even a genuine business transaction. And so that is problematic for the president. On the president's own version, he has a CC and he is the only member that is actually a part of this legal entity that runs this business, the farm where all of this takes place. And so he is in charge of it operationally, even if he pretends that it's not. It's an inherent probability. And on his own version, the manager that received the money for the alleged business transaction that doesn't look like it's a business transaction was not sure whether they should put it in a safe it's over the christmas holidays and thought that mm, maybe it's not going to be safe in the safe which is weird and then the president says on his version they then decided to go and find the least well-known sofa on the premises and put it there now you ask yourself an entire president of the country giving permission for the dollars to be stuffed in a sofa. I mean, that's dodgy and raises many questions. Why do you do that? Why is that money not declared to the tax authorities? Why is it not banked at least one day later, uh, the 27th or the 28th of December? And when the theft occurs, why do you not make that known publicly as a matter of transparency? So there's a number of laws here that on the face of it are violated the duty to make sure that you disclose all your business interests to Parliament, the fact that you shouldn't be doing the kind of business anyway, and if you have a blind trust, which he said he did for all his assets when he started being president of the country, this contradicts that, which means that he was dishonest at the time. Also, when you ask your wearing your hat as president, your the general in charge of your safety, to go and look into a matter involving your private business, then you are actually abusing your power because you are now basically saying, um, I know you are here to look after me as President Ramaphosa, but I also want you to, to go and do work for me as businessman Ramaphosa. And remember, those are two different distinctions, which means that he's actually doing the equivalent of using your work resources for personal um, business gain. 
And that in itself is a violation. And what's interesting is that this is all on his version that he is in trouble. So how do I see it play out? Well, I mean, that's going to require another podcast and maybe a full conversation for you and me to have on, on, like I said, an Instagram Live or Twitter spaces. Because you and I as citizens are now at the mercy of the ANC. The ANC doesn't know anything about ethics. They may not care for all of these prima facie findings and support him. They've got an emergency NEC meeting, which is their highest authority between elective conferences. On the other hand, there are people who want to topple him in the next two, three weeks as president of the country. They might pretend to care about ethics at the NEC meeting this evening and agitate for him to resign or to be recalled. So this is the most serious crisis of his political career. It is also serious for our democracy because a president's integrity and commitment to constitutionalism have been called into doubt by no less than a former chief justice and two other very capable lawyers who sat with him. And, um, you know, last but not least, unfortunately, we have a part, we have a electoral system where we can't directly recall an MP, for example. It's a system where political parties have enormous power. And so when the ANC sneezes, the entire country catches a cold. There is no one waiting in the wings who is better than him. He is fundamentally compromised as far as I'm concerned. But it's a case of all of them are horrible choices. Imagine having to choose between Dr. Zweli Mkize with all the ethical clouds above his head that are very dark as a result of the digital vibe scandal, which is why his political career was halted. And this one, uh, the incumbent, who now has the palapala findings against him. And um, quite frankly, this is a very serious crisis for our democracy and not just for the ANC.